The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Would you believe it? It's, it's Dr. Doom. What's on your mind? Oh, you can tell me to talk in my mind as well. How about this woman is new? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. The ladies go wild. I'm your host, Tim Deal Double G. And joining me tonight is the man behind the sound effects. That's at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? We also have at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Ladies, ladies, please, I'm married. Come on now. (laughs) Settle down. And also here is at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Come on. <laughs> and we have a very special guest here with us this week. He's been a listener for many years, and this marks his first time on the show. At D. Von Glum on Twitter. <laughs> Don't let it get to your head. <laughs> yeah, nothing here. Nothing to get to. Oh! <laughs> I was gonna say he got a lot. He got an extended applause. Yeah, right. But we're glad to have him on to talk some comments with us tonight. And before we get to talking about comics and reviews and news and all that good stuff. Make sure, go, make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book Reviews. <laughs> on the homepage are links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, YouTube. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube.com. We are part of the CSPN, the Cold Slither Podcast Network. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. And while you're there, make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. If you're talking comic books on social media, join the conversation by using the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron. And remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can watch every Thursday night by going to theclicknation.com forward slash live. So... Pre-show, we were discussing, we always had the conversation of what comic do we want to begin our reviews with? And Doug, thankfully, reminded me that every, I guess, every week there's a Secret Empire book. We always begin there. So with that, we have Secret Empire number eight. We should actually start with Captain America number 25, which goes right into Secret Empire number eight. Oh, does that come first? Yep. Actually, it does, yeah. All right, then. Oh, good, because that's going to start then. It's a tie-in, so swerve. 
It is actually, I think, a warning. I, you know, it's one of the first, the, I think uh, PCN underscore Dirt reminded us, or, or, or and Cat reminded us last week, to be aware of that when you're reading some of these Secret Empire issues. So um, I made sure to look and said, oh, well, I better stop here and go back to Captain America number 25. Well, I, read, I started my week with Secret Empire number 8, and then I got up to the, was it the credits page, or what right. do you call it? And it's like, read Captain America 25 first. And I was like, oh, well, let me go back. <laughs> we had the exact same experience. All that, right. kind of, that kind of happened with me with Secret Warriors. So. And then Captain America said, make sure to read this before Secret Empire number eight. So I was like, okay, I'm good. That works. So in Captain America 25, it's basically a rallying of the troops after you know, a real crisis and confidence for uh, the heroes. Um, and there's two speeches that are basically uh, uh, the, the, that form the two points of emphasis in this story. One by uh, Hydra Cap and one by Captain America, Sam Wilson. And the first one we get is the Hydra Cap version, where he we see him vanqu- vanquishing his his foes, those being the uh, nation of Tian or Tian, right? Where the X Men have X Men and mutants have been uh, huddled up in. He takes them out gets uh, Emma Frost to surrender, but she will not kneel because she's been watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> For those who get that reference. This makes sense, Emma Frost, Jon Snow. <laughs> they had the same name. Or similar name. And so that's one foe down, and the next one was a, another thorn in Cap's side, and that was Black Panther and the nation of Wakanda. He sends his troops in Namely, uh, Dr. Faustus and Baron Zemo, who Faustus uses his mind control powers to take control of some of T- uh, T- T'Challa's forces. And then Zemo comes in to apprehend uh, Black Panther. And he ends up getting a cosmic cube fragment. So basically... From Barf. Was that from Barf? At Wakanda? Yeah. No. Well, after Wakanda, he Barf puked up the, the cosmic cube piece. Right, yeah. right. That's after we get to um, the second speech I was referring to, the other uh, uh, focus focal point of the issue, which is the speech by uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and uh, he's you know doing his best to rally the troops after appearing um, at the end of the last issue after uh, having gone into uh, seclusion for a long while uh, with the crisis of confidence, and he's now uh, you know looking to inspire everyone, and uh, he you know he he rallies the troops, and what they end up finding is that in one of the other crossover issues, uh, the uh, the prison that was holding uh, the Inhumans uh, may not need too much. Well, let's just say the Inhumans uh, in prison there may not be uh, in prison for much longer. I'll, I'll ring the uh, spoiler bell at this point because we just uh, talked about uh, one of the more gross things that happens in this in, in the issue. So. As you were saying, Bongo, <laughs> the Inhumans are breaking out, and uh, the heroes have uh, basically gotten there just in time to see them finish their breakout. And then, we, oh, they're chanting, and then the barfing, right? And then the barfing. <laughs> okay, so, so answer me this real quick. So, having not kept up with Secret Empire that close, who the heck is this barf person? And I'm pretty sure they're not from. You can't do that on television. No, Barth is a dude that was arrested in the first Secret Empire issue. The guy who, who brought the book back to his little brother and some kid snitched on him and he got arrested. He's an inhuman. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I didn't either. Yeah, yeah he was that dude that got arrested, the first inhuman that got sent to him because some kid knocked on him. 
Oh, that's a nice. That's a nice callback. Yeah, I thought they just like created some dude out of thin air to be like a was it dude that's machina or whatever. Yeah, like smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I remember Barf barfing up the book back for the brother for like a Captain America. Book oh yeah, that did happen. Like that. <laughs> yeah, so he, I remember him barfing that up for his little brother. Huh. I was like, I thought it was some random Inhuman that uh, they had created in the you know in one of the Inhuman series. So no, they don't do everybody that lame in, in, in their series. <laughs> Interesting. At least he, at least he did not well semi-establish him at the beginning of the series. I guess now that makes it a little better in my mind. Now, I agree. I agree. I wish I had had the time to go back and 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 see that, or at least be able to remember that. Yeah, because that was a pretty gross scene. Do puking barfing up a book bag. That was, that was yeah. But the, the so Barf explains his powers how he can barf up anything that he can like visually see or kind of uh, see in his mind, but mm-hmm. it has limits. Of course, but it has. I like how they say it has limits, but yet he's able to like barf up a cosmic cube after seeing that image of it. <laughs> or and not a equal barf. Yeah, brings too as as well. They're small enough to, to barf up a Green Lantern ring or whatever that's whatever that small. Freedom Rings ring, whatever. And it's not actually. I guess not an entire cosmic cube, but like a fragment of it. I guess he barfs up. Yeah, the thing Cap has the other pieces, so I think Tony surmised what the other ones look like and had him barf it up. Mm-hmm. So they. The good guys use this as sort of a, a sign of, you know, the tide may be turning. They just need to put their cosmic cube fragment to use. And did anything else happen in Captain America 25 or did it like end with that? They were running through tests. You know, it was basically running through tests. But then the end of the issue is the big reveal that one of the potential victims of Hydra Cap uh, wasn't really a victim. And is back from oh, yeah. another bout with the dead. And I'm in the spoiler rebel just in case. So yes, someone's back from the dead, but then uh, someone else was also working on the cover. Right. Oh yeah, and then they they break the the dark cold dome around New York or something like that, and it's a and it's an issue too. I think that was in, or was that in Secret That's Empire? In Empire number eight. Well, we can transition right into that. Oh, now. sorry. No, because we're already at the end of Cap Twenty Five. So you know, just to wrap Cap Twenty Five, um, you know, the when you wish upon the star. Uh, 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 scenes in this basically solidify how uh, the heroes think they're going to at least attempt to break Hydra's hold on New York and over the world. So um, we jump right into Secret Empire number eight. So Secret Empire number eight again. We see, I guess the the we see some of the same scenes we saw in Captain America twenty five, where we pick up right after. Sam Wilson's speech, the resistance breaking into the humans camp and Tony Stark celebrating the birthday. Right. Or AI Tony Stark celebrating the birthday. Looking so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to blow out the candles. And uh what's his name? Tony explains how he tested the the cube. We see see my problem is I'm getting like Cap twenty five and Secret Empire like merged <laughs> together now. I mean, they basically do kind of merge. You can kind of read them. Um, you can kind of avoid Cap 25 and just read Secret Empire, but Cap 25 does fill in many of these gaps that are bound to happen in the logic. Um, oh, yeah, I remember what happens now, because the good guys, everyone, all the different good guy factions try to go out and do their one last heroic uh, thing to break the Dark Force hold over New York. And, and, the, and the, the Earth shield crap that right. they... Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
So it's multiple, right? It's multiple attacks on multiple fronts by by uh, different groups um, using um, you know all their might, uh, all the all that they're able to amass, and one uh, cosmic cube fragment in the hands of uh, Captain America. So uh, various things happen. <laughs> so, uh, some things go awry, <laughs> but I'm going to hit the spoiler bell at this point. <laughs> Because while things do go awry, um, Doctor Strange does not lose his brownstone. I was like, "What?" <laughs> when when he said that when when that was supposed to be the price of him putting that spell together, I almost lost it. I'm like, "Seriously, guys, his brownstone?" It's yeah, from real estate. Exactly. Real estate. Come on. Oh, you don't have to tell me twice in the. Well, yeah, it's rent controlled. You know how hard it is to find those. <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> Man, so. Um, Ultimately, the, the various... I've already rang the spoiler bell, so I'm warning everyone now, if you're listening and you don't want to get spoiled as to what happens here, I'm going to ring it again. So... Not, not again. Yeah, exactly. I rang, it, I rang it again because, believe it or not, after all this, after all of the, 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 the trials and tribulations, they actually have one last... Um, kind of uh, return from, or at least uh, let me let me put it in sports terms. Um, they're able to uh, get someone off the disabled list. Uh, that's namely uh, Quasar, the new Quasar, and with her help and with all the other attacks going in unison, they're able to uh, take down the uh, defense shield that was encircling the Earth. Hmm. But uh, I thought it was kind of hardcore how they took down the Dark Force uh, field. Yeah, Maria Hill. Yep. Did the deed. Did the deed. Yep. I didn't realize that that guy was the one that had created the Dark Force. We would remember if these events weren't so long and there, so, there weren't so many issues in them. Well, I don't even think they mentioned him before because it was pretty much Mordo who was responsible for, for that in New York. Because remember, he kept chewing out Mordo because he couldn't get uh, yeah, a break a... of silence. Hmm. Yeah. It was dying to us. The reason why I remember any of that was, or any part of that was because it came up in Doctor Strange. Hmm. Oh, so we'd have to read Doctor Strange to know. Which yeah. I was, but I fell behind on it. Same. And they brought up a dark, was it cloak and dagger in the bid to break the spell too, which also failed. Right. Thankfully, thankfully for Doctor Strange. Exactly, exactly. So what uh, what Tim Dog was referring to earlier um, in Captain America twenty five is more clearly revealed here in that one of the uh, uh, one of the characters who we thought was a turncoat or had at least uh, surrendered a little too quickly to uh, Hydra Cap turns out to have been uh, working both sides. And uh, kind of, uh, well, it's, not, it's not that surprising though, because he's always doing his, his everything. His it's always his own best interest. He doesn't care about anything else. It's always, it's always, right. it's always his, his own thing. Of course. He's, One last time. With the bell. Yeah. One last time with the bell. <laughs> All right. So, like we were mentioning earlier, there is uh, a character who's revealed to be not quite dead at the end of Cap Twenty Five, who is uh, more, more, uh, more in depth. Uh, uh, revealed here in this issue. Bill Foster? Uh, no. Uh, they bring him back. Uh, <laughs> it's even movie form. Whatever next year, right? right? <laughs> oh, I mean, she might come back then if he's going to be in a movie. They'll probably mm-hmm. be there, too. Yep. Oh, Where is the... I'm, I'm looking for the uh, the right sound effect for that. You know, I'm still getting used to the board. It's sad trombone? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm, no, it's how I uh, how I arranged it. Here it is. Thank you. Well, already then. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the last thing that's revealed in this is that we sort of come full circle 
with the, the transformation of Cap into Hydrocap, and that is the cliffhanger ending of this issue. And then we get to see the real cover yeah. to issue number nine next month, or two weeks or whenever it comes out. Yep. It shows this new uh, returning figure fighting with Baron Zemo. That's right. Did you guys see the J, the, the J. Scott Campbell uh, big uh, poster of Secret Wars? For Secret Wars? Secret Empire? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah Secret Empire. Is on, I think it's on Newsarama. The funny thing is some, there's somebody on it that's kind of weird because I thought the person was dead. It's another person who might come back come back soon. I haven't seen it. I have to look at the court now. So, and then there's, I guess there's stuff happening. Stuff happened with the bearded Steve Rogers and what looks, yeah. or what more unlikely is the vanishing point. Oh, the blonde, the blonde woman was uh, spoiler bell. Spoiler bell. That's what I was talking about when I said, you know, we kind of come full circle on that. Spoiler bell. Sharon Carter. I don't know how to explain that because isn't. She- isn't she in jail right now because she got stabbed Hydra Cap? In, in the well, neck? it turns out it's not really her. <laughs> because of who's on the last cliffhanger page. Yeah. But how is she even, like, conscious? Did they break up into little pieces? That's the weird thing. Well, the, we still don't really know what's going on at the vanishing point because, I mean, we've seen Red Skull there torturing <laughs> Steve, Bearded Steve, and he's dead. And then two figures who may be either Bucky and Sam, or some people were saying war, uh, uh, War Machine, War Machine, yeah, and uh, and uh, and Rick Jones, uh, yeah, Yeah, Rick Rick Jones. Jones. So we don't really know what's going on there, right? But I didn't realize I didn't put two and two together and uh, figure out that that might be the vanishing point. Yeah, I think that's what that's alluding to that being the vanishing point. Gotcha. So this is how they're going to redeem Captain America after all his uh, crap and sins and stuff like that. Probably, yeah. It seems just it kind of reminds me of the the Teen Tony thing. After old Tony got crazy and killed a bunch of people, and they brought Tony from the past to come to come replace them. I remember that that old that whole arc. That was from like that's been a while, hasn't it? That's a yeah. long time ago. It was before the onslaught thing because onslaught was what was got Tony back to his right age somehow. Uh, see, I wasn't paying attention to any Avengers titles back then. Well, no, that's when they went into Heroes. Uh, Reborn, Reborn. You know, that's and when he had shirtless cap. Yeah, I mean, sure, the store and all this other kind of crap, and because they let the image guys do some of the Marvel books, <laughs> try to reinvigorate it, and it didn't work. That's when we got big rested uh, yeah. Captain America, right? Memories. Remember that? Okay, now that I know where the sad trombone is, <laughs> that could have that could have gone for a boo, really. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jim Lee did Fantastic Four, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he only did like yeah. the first three issues or something like that. Who did Iron Man? I don't remember. It was four was titles, it, wasn't it? Was it was that was the Ian Churchill? Because he had like some. It was like a bunch of image dudes. I think some Extreme Studios guys did some of the books. I think I, I think Portas- Portasio did Iron Man. Oh, you're right. It is Will. It was Will's Portasio. Yeah. Was there an Avengers title? There was an Avengers. Yeah, title. There was. Yeah, there was. I'm looking it up now. Oh God! Why are we bringing this up? <laughs> was, triathlon, was that the round term of a triathlon and that whole? No, it's before. That was after he came after, right? Yeah, triathlon was in Heroes Return. Yeah, like, I get that. Yeah. Okay. I think it was George Perez who drew that that stuff afterwards. Yeah, that was during the Bicek Perez run. All right, so let me ask this though: since <laughs> since Secret Empire is working towards its grand finale and whatever. Do you feel like it's gotten better? Has it gotten to the point where it's justified itself? Or are you just... No. Waiting for it no, I'm waiting for it to end. 
Okay. <laughs> they got they got more cheery this issue. Oh, they also revealed we didn't talk about this, but they also revealed how uh Cap changed the outcome of himself being killed by Miles on the Capitol steps. So the they kind of muted the whole thing with with uh with uh with Hank with Hank Pym's daughter talking 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 him out of it. Then it kind of like removed the whole uh, gra- the whole gravity to it. From a trade killer kill him after he killed the Black Widow. So if it's just the comic cube, what's the point of having that then? Yes, to answer. Like point. <laughs> no, I mean I see I see your point. You know because I think what they what they what they've been trying to establish that these fragments aren't as powerful as a whole cube. So he basically had to. Um, have a bunch of things in place, including you know some some uh, some uh, uh, voices of reason to talk Miles down in order for that to work. Okay, you know, not that I'm defending Spencer on this. There's times when I want to punch him in the face, so you know. Hey, you guys, remember Ulysses? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. What, happened, what happened to him anyway? He's a eternal now or something. Oh. Yeah, he ascended. But hey, remember. Stop playing this game of remember Bendis creations that were created and used for <laughs> Miller. Hey, remember? Hey, remember? Remember berries? Hey, remember? So I was going to bring up that uh, mutant he created that was like the most powerful mutant ever and something Malloy. No, it's Layla Miller. She, not she, about that. Oh, the not about that. Yeah, 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 for X Men. Yeah, right? and all new X Men and Uncanny X Men. Yeah, yeah, I remember that guy. Now. Yeah, he's super powerful. He killed Cyclops and a bunch of other people. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah, I think <laughs> back in time, his parents not meet or some stupid thing like that. Oh my god! So I got the he was born info. So it was two title or it was four titles, and Lee and Lafell each had two apiece. So Jim Lee had Fantastic Four and Iron Man, and Lafell had Avengers and Cap. Okay, and that's I think when I stopped reading. Both of those books. Yep. But then they took, Marvel took Liefeld's tiles away from him after two issues because of those cells and gave them to Lee. And then Walt Simonson took over. Then Walt Simonson took over Avengers. Mm. Just writing, though. Yeah. All right. So back to this week's list of titles. So let's get to Secret Warriors number five real quick, then, since since it is also a tie in and comes after Cap. And I guess. Warriors. Warriors. Warriors out. What did I say? Oh, yeah, Warriors. yeah. So, yeah, Secret Warriors number five comes out, comes after... Actually, it specifically says after uh, Captain and Five because it's pretty much after the... the um, Arf, good lord. Um, dude, <laughs> but uh, the Secret Warriors try to go in to save the Inferiums, but they didn't have to because, like I said, that was already done. But they went in... Um, and uh, Moon Girl had gotten captured after last issues. The, the tr- that um, helicopter got got crashed and blown up, but Devil Dinosaur lived, and so did she because she got swept away or something. We don't we don't still don't know how in the world that happened. They found who they were looking for, in, and you might want to ring the spoiler bell. Spoiler bell. So they've been looking for for the past few issues. They've been looking for this inhuman named uh, Lear. Uh, who was thought to be with the X-Men in uh, Nutian or whatever, and come to find out that Hydra had him. And we also have come to find out Lear is um, Karnak's son. So well, he, he's just going to see it everywhere, I guess, now. Mm. Yeah, really. Um, mm. Who had not gone through Terragenesis, but um, Karnak has... And I think that this might have come up in Secret Warriors before and, and kind of alluded to or something like that, but 
So Karnak sent his son away uh, because they didn't have Turgent crystals, but he wanted to try to unlock his um, whatever latent powers that he would have, which turns out to be the the power to um, make other people go Super Saiyan. Because <laughs> all he could do is Amplify, but he can only do it like once, I guess, per person or something. I don't know. They really don't get into that part, but they just said he could only do it once. So uh, they're like, okay, well, we can use him to, you know, Quake's like, well, we can use him to go, go kill Cap and get this all over with, and everybody else is like, no, nah, we can go save these people and, and we could do some good here, which that ends up being the, the thing that happens. So everybody gets powered up and they fight the good fight, almost lose, and then um, the cavalry comes in uh, in the form of Sam Wilson, Giant Man, uh, Hawkeye, Thing, uh, there's probably one or two other people I'm missing, but th- that happens. Um, and they were like, and they join the fight, and then we see like some flashbacks to Karnak um, giving his son to Mister Sinister. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. But then they pretty much established that Inhumans are crappy dads. You have uh, Black Bull gave his kid to uh, Kane the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Or so gave his kid like some kind of like alpha primitive. So these guys are crappy dads. <laughs> oh, and speaking of that, Professor Crappy Dads, uh, half the book was also Mr. Hyde uh, trying to convince Quake tr- to come over to his side, which uh, he had kidnapped her because I think, because after, apparently, you crash after a dude, uh, after Lear buffs you up, and all the, most of the, uh, most of the team had pretty much gotten so real tired, and Quake had even gone so far as to tire out, so Mr. Hyde took her, swept off in the ship, and then he was talking, and then everybody else caught up with the ship, and she was like, no, nah, I'm just waiting, for, just waiting for y'all to come and get me. And she knocked him out. But like I said, there was a little bit of a fight between my, uh, between Mr. Hyde and, and Quake. So. And how come Sinister still has his, his dandy uh, English uh, noble look? Yeah, I, 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 who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's just bad editing right there, man. <laughs> eh, no. It serves a cause, I guess. I don't, but yeah, so that was, that was the gist of Secret um, Wars number five. Look forward to reading it. It was it, it was a good read. Like the, the book is still fun. It was just like, huh? That's okay. And here we are. All right. Uh, is there are there were there any other tie-in books to the uh, to Secret Empire? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, that might be it. Dang, dirt! You read a lot of books this week. I told you. Damn. Sure off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you should be more impressed that he put him on sleep in the sheet. <clears throat> yeah, I, I had extra time. I had time to fill well, up the sheet. Spider-Man, then, since it is, uh, it's Hydra, Dr. Octa in it, but barely. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, anybody read Amazing Spider-Man? I did. Well, I then, did. go for it. Well, all I can say about this book is, well, Parker Industries was fun while it lasted. Um, <laughs> anyone who's been reading this knows that um, uh, Dr. Octopus, or Hydra Oc, um, has been uh, systematically uh, uh, taking down Parker Industries in an attempt to uh, assert control over it and overthrow uh, Peter Parker as CEO. Um, Spidey finally is able to fight back in this issue. And, um, you know, surprise, surprise, I hit the spoiler bell, but, you know, as I was uh, alluding to in previous uh, episodes when referring to this book, and, uh, and based on uh, some solicits and articles and interviews with Dan Slott, the uh, era of Parker Industries and Peter Parker as CEO uh, is, uh, you know, not long for the world. And uh, this is basically um, 
the, uh, the, the maybe not the final chapter, but probably the penultimate chapter of the life of Parker Industries because things have to go completely to hell so that uh, Doc Ock is unable to uh, uh, salvage anything from uh, uh, from Parker Industries. So um, you know, there's a um, you know there's a uh, not the most uh, 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 grand finale you know it's the, uh, to this story. Basically, uh, Ock gets away, and um, you know the the day is saved. But ultimately, Parker Industries is no more, and we lead right into uh, Norman Osborn's story in the next issue. And, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of uh, Down on His Luck, Peter Parker, based on the events of the last story arc and the story. But then we already see like the Hard on His Luck, Peter Parker for like, like the past what fifty years. We don't need to see that crap anymore. Uh, like, yeah, you know, we've seen had Parker Industries. Yeah, I was gonna say, but we've seen. Uh, uh, Peter Stark or uh, Tony Parker, um, you know, for how long has it been? At least a year now. Parker Industries. Oh, no. They kind of, they kind of leaned on that a little bit more. Maybe two years or so. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, you'd be surprised how long it's been. They've let it run when it's course, I guess. Yeah. Nobody could have had stuff, stuff like that where Iron Man have a corporate takeover like him beefing with Justin Hammer's company or Ezekiel Stane's company or one of those things. He never really, really had that corporate aspect of it. Right, but they may end up bringing back oh, Iron Man to that. What was it? They may end up bringing back Iron Man to that. Oh, yeah. You were saying, Roddy, you were breaking up a little. Hmm. You were Oops. saying, Roddy? I was going to say, they could have brought back, they could have done a, like a Spider-Man Inc. since he was already work, traveling the world. What do you mean, like Batman Incorporated? Yeah. Yeah. He did that with, uh, what's the guy, Hobbs uh, Prowler. He had Prowler come in as a, as a substitute Spider-Man from some yeah, I mean, they could have done something like that. That's not a bad idea because they could have kept Miles in New York and kept, uh, you know, Peter on the, you know, on the, uh, the globe-trotting, uh, you know, crime-fighting path. Yeah, that would, have been, that would have been a story I wouldn't mind reading. Have, like, Miles kind of growing his own because there's no mentor there. Have to, have to struggle a bit. It's pretty much like Miles feels that Don is, like, struggling Spider-Man niche already. We don't need Peter to do the same exact thing. Again. Yeah. Well... Shout out to Dan Slot. You may want to listen to some of the uh, suggestions we have here on the Combo Chronicles, episode two two seven. No place like home. He might block you on uh, on Twitter <laughs> for mentioning him. Don't don't do that. He may block you. Uh, so so eight to seventy. You joke. I had something queued up on that line. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Marla Gibbs. Indeed. So I guess we want to get to the, um, I'm not going to say the bigger animal in the, in the room, but the... The DC Miracle? Yeah. We can get to that. I know, I went into this knowing nothing really about Mr. Miracle aside from what I've seen on Justice League cartoons. And, <laughs> uh, not a bad primer. And a couple yeah. years ago, I guess like a year ago's Dark Side War. Oh yeah, the think, story. Yeah, wasn't this one kind of like different? Like, like DC continuity is kind of weird now. So isn't is this like the the pre U fifty two Scott Free? Like, which iteration is it? No, um, this this. Uh, I mean, we we saw him and Barda um, in the Justice League storyline with versus Dark Side, and this can fit into that universe. Um, you know, I mean, depending on where this story goes. It uh, looks like it's going to be much more of a like personal story for Mr. Miracle as opposed to a you know big galaxy hopping um, you know galactic event type thing. So uh, it very well could be in that same 
uh, New 52. Yeah, because the high father design kind of reminds me of the, of the older one. The new one's more kind of like younger and more and more buff. It kind of looks like the classical high father. And that can also be, you know, just artists doing their own thing. Yeah, that could be Gerard's choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So, um, my notes on this, you know, because the, that opening panel, the opening page is pretty jarring. Um, yeah. You know, it's a... Uh, the, the story starts at arguably, maybe not even arguably, the lowest point in Scott Free's life, and just based on that, that you know, I'm 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 interested in following up on the second issue simply because of the way this issue started, the way it kind of um, laid the uh, the foundation for um, how we kind of got to that first page, kind of in in flashback and retrospect, um, yeah. pretty uh, was pretty solid, but that opening page was jarring as all hell. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say is if you plan on reading this book and you're kind of sensitive to certain things, you there may be a trigger warning in effect for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, might watch, might want to watch for that. Yeah, I was I was impressed with how they they chose the nine panel format and they stuck with it. So everything is either a splash page or it's nine panels to a page. Um, and the artwork, like oh my god, like how much time did he spend putting that through filters? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when he's on TV, you've got scan lines. When it's a flashback, it's old comic. Yeah. Um, just the artwork is just fantastic through the entire thing. Um, this was uh, this is one of those books I've I've mentioned from time to time. There are books that come out where I find myself just staring at the artwork and I have to remind myself I have to read the story. Um, right. Yeah. And it's not that the story's bad or anything. It's just the artwork is just so incredible. And this is one of those where it was just so incredible. Um, and there are times in this in the story where I felt a little lost, like, wait a minute, what's go? Like, I don't understand why this is happening, but by the time you get to the end of the issue, it starts to make sense. Right. And, and, and it doesn't make sense, but it starts to make sense on why it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I just thought this was, this was brilliant. Like this, uh, when, when um, I read Sheriff of Babylon, I had a lot of the same types of feelings where this is a very, it, it's an adult story. And I don't say adult, meaning like there's boobies and F bombs, you know, throughout the whole thing. Like this is a grown up, story for people that want something with a little more substance, but it's still a superhero book. Like it's still a comic, you know? Um, I I know a lot of people will complain about stuff that comes from Marvel and DC and how, uh, you know, images where they're really breaking ground and doing great things and whatever. But I mean, honestly, it's just a matter of the right guys in the right place working together on the right property, because this is, this was fantastic. This blew me away. Um, in fact, I even bought two physical copies just because. Um, and uh, well, there were two cover. Yeah, there are two covers. So there's uh, this. Co- this was the other cover. Yeah. If the other cover was, was done by the younger animal guy, I can't remember what his name is right now. The dude who does uh, Doom Patrol. He did the the, tying co- the variant cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything about this book is is the type of stuff that I want when. Uh, King and Gerard's are working together. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a you know, like just you know, just to piggyback on what uh, PCN underscore Dirt was just saying, you know, when you have this particular creative team working together, you know that something special is is bound to happen. And you know, I'm you know, I tweeted just prior to the show, a few hours before the show, I was literally out getting dinner. Um, that um, I had made some calls to some some uh, stores that I knew, and I actually went on the Midtown Comics website uh, just out of curiosity, and they're out of this issue, you know. And some of the stores, you know, medium size and small size throughout New York City, or at least in the two, you know, in Manhattan and in Brooklyn that I called, um, they were all out of this issue, and that's that's impressive as hell. Yeah. So here's my looking for the next Vision, you know, limited series. 
Yeah, you're right. The cool thing about it is how the the, the artist kind of like grounded like gods pretty much. Look, look at Big Barter and an opening scene in a full apocalyptic garb and that's weeping over her husband. That kind of, it's kind of like weird, but somehow it's, it's like perfect and it made sense. Like seems the six foot six foot six chick in battle gear crying her eyes like, out, but it's so absurd. But it looks it looks in the middle of a yard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting in just this plain white waiting room where yeah. it totally doesn't fit, but you t- you buy it, you know. Yeah, or how um, she uh, she yelled at uh, good old Orion, called him like a prissy prissy boy who was trained who, who lived in paradise while he suffered in hell. Um, and uh, we do have a preview for Mister Miracle Two that we can read. We have a preview copy, so uh, we should probably read that after the show. We can oh. non spoiler discuss it next week. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but uh, and I'm just checking online at the uh, on the retailer side of it. Uh, Diamond Comics is sold out. Yep. Um, so you cannot order any more copies. So I'm sure it's be going to a second print pretty soon. Pretty. I'm tempted to go to my shop and see and get a physical copy. I know, right? So here's the question, though, because it might be a little too soon to, 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 to tell. But you think we will be talking about this at the end of the year, like we did with Vision? It's early. But oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're going to be talking about it one way or another. I mean, it's either going to be like this is, you know, another home run, knocked it out of the park. We love this book, book of the year, blah, blah, blah. Or uh, this is a book that started with so much promise and what the hell happened. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what it's going to come down to at the end of the year. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the former. Yeah. Because uh, it definitely feels like this has got something running behind it. And, it, you know, it's also one of those things where it feels like, there's something in in King's head, Tom King's head, where he has some idea that he's trying to get to. You know, like you can tell that uh, as as crazy and out there as this first issue is, there's somewhere off in the distance he's trying to get to. So I don't feel like this is going to be one of those where we're meandering uh, from issue to issue, like with some other books, where they have a good idea of where they want to start and then they leap off and they don't really know which direction they're going. Whereas this is, uh, you know, this is like a Stranger Things type of deal where. You know, they they're working on the first episode. They know exactly what they're doing at the, the end of the ep- uh, final episode. You know, it's all laid out. Uh, unlike you know, a uh, regular ongoing series where it just kind of goes on and on and on, and they you know have to just keep coming up with new stuff to keep it going. Like this is it's a twelve issue series. They've got the whole thing mapped out. They know exactly you know where it is. It just feels like everything is tight and you know woven together and. Uh, it feels like there are things in this book that are going to reverberate and it gave you enough of the characters so that you understand, you know, when things happen and people come back that, that there are relationships and things going on with these different people. And you got a little bit of his history and, you know, everything like that. So uh, um, it really feels like they've, they know what they're doing here and they're, you know, crafting it together as opposed to just one of these things where, Oh, I got a great idea for a first issue and then just see where it goes. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Do we want to stay with DC? No, by the way, I just wanted to, to, to mention there is a recurring um, either a sound effect or a phrase. Oh, that's it book. Is. Right. And it reminded me of uh, the Simons and Thor. And there's a reason why Simons and Thor is fresh on my mind, where during the Simons and Thor run up until uh, the appearance of Serger, um, there was always that ringing doom in the background. So, you know, having this kind of, I wonder if this is going to be like a recurring thing going throughout this, uh, this series. I'm sure it will be. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, considering especially that New Gods was conceived by Kirby is, you know, kind of reworking that whole idea of uh, ancient mythology, you know, yeah. So um, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to see lots of little nuggets here and there of stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I'm like I said, I I'm just blown away by it. This is you know uh, the greatest thing I read this week, and a lot of other books I read, and I was like, oh, I should have read Mister Miracle a second time or third time instead of reading <laughs> some of these other crap books that came out this week. <laughs> Come on, it's in the interest of academia. What, what did I? What did we used to say? It was um uh, academic, academic purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Academic purposes. Let's stick to DC. It's in the interest of scholarly review. And actually, we all read a good amount of DCSE or yeah, a few. Yeah. What about Flash Twenty Eight? Oh, I didn't read that. Doug that was and, Doug and uh, Dave both read it. Yep. Let me pull it up. Yeah, actually, it's it's funny because a lot of the DC books that I read this week uh, reverberate with each other. Um, have similar themes or, or characters running through them. Uh, what happened in Flash uh, is also similar to what was happening in the Supergirl book this week, uh, interestingly oh. enough. Interesting. Uh, but basically, um, you know, Flash was fighting with Reverse Flash. Um, they were fighting through the Speed Force, and Flash got hit with this negative Speed Force energy, and now it has basically overloaded him. Um, so every time he's using his powers, it has these weird side effects or... Um, he's running down the street, but it's actually tearing the street underneath his feet. Um, he gets too close to uh, um, like this uh, armored car, and the lightning bolts that are coming off of him that are usually just there for effect uh, actually cause it to explode. Um, you know, so he's having these problems using his powers, um, but at the same time, it's like as he's using the powers, it's 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 not only amping up his physical abilities, but it's also amping up his emotions. So he starts getting carried away, and he starts getting angry, and he starts, you know, uh, really getting taken over by this. So the energy is not only messing with his powers, but also him as a person emotionally, uh, which I think is a neat, you know, way to play with it and, uh, you know, bring him to the point where it's, you know, you got to question, you know, is it worth using these powers? He brings it up even a couple times of, you know, it's it's more dangerous. Am I really doing the right thing by still, you know, using them? Uh, I think that's an interesting way to play with the character, and especially a guy like Barry, who's always that, you know, goody two shoes, nice guy, clean cut, and now he seems to be causing more problems just by the fact that he exists and he's doing things um, because of the way his powers are are revolting against him. I thought my you know my favorite part of this whole thing was that it forced them to slow down and take the subway, and for anyone in the five boroughs here in New York City, um, especially this summer. The last, you know, maybe even six months, the subway has been pretty sucktastic. So, you know, that kind of made me smile when I saw Barry had to slow down and actually take the subway in Central City. We can't be as bad as the New York subway. Oh, no way. Sure, hell. Or at least the subway 25, 30 years ago. Oh, no, it's bad now in terms of uh, timeliness, you know. Oh, no, I'm talking with, you know, the people, uh, gangs roaming through and eating in the trash and, you know, you're taking your life in your hands every time you're riding on the subway. But that's the badge of honor for New Yorkers, right? Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, so um, how did this issue wrap? I'm trying to see. Um, so Shrapnel appears at the end, um, who is a villain who's appeared in the past. He's a guy whose body is made of tiny pieces of metal held together magnetically, um, and he's attacking another group of villains on behalf of another more powerful villain, um, and he uh, uses Flash's uh, – he knows that Flash's powers are, are working against him, so the, he, he gets the bad guys on these fast motorcycles to go right in front of Flash, so Flash chases after him, destroys their motorcycles because his powers are out of control, and because they can't get away anymore, um, he then swoops in, and it appears like he uh, 
kills them at the end of the issue. Ah, you beat me to it. Yeah, you know, the, the issue is interesting enough. I didn't know, I'm not as familiar with the DC uh, universe as you, uh, Dirt, so I didn't know that uh, Shrapnel was uh, an established villain already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for a long time. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a neat way to play with the character and to play with Barry. And you know, there's, you have heroes that question themselves, and after a while, it gets old. It's like the same stuff over and over. And he's been dealing a lot with, uh, you know, he didn't tell people his secret identity, and maybe he's sort of whatever. And and suddenly, it's a brand new problem. Like this is not the same problem he's been dealing with. Now it's something new that he's got to cope with. And so right. it just brings a, you know, interesting twist to everything that's going on. Right. Um, so let me segue then. To Supergirl. Uh, yeah, to Supergirl. Um, let me see. Where's the cover? Here it is. So Supergirl, um, she actually gets attacked by someone who appears to be Cat uh, Grant, um, you know, who runs Catco Enterprises, where Kara um, uh, Danvers works in her uh, alter ego. Um, but Supergirl apparently gets attacked, and it turns out that it's not actually Cat Grant. It was some sort of illusion. But whatever she's hit with, it... Uh, overloads her powers. So the same thing that's happening to Flash. So in her uh, alter ego, she goes to school. Um, and you, uh, if you remember in the Man of Steel movie, when Clark is hiding in the closet as a little kid because he can't turn off all the voices because he's hearing uh, everything going on at once, she's having one of those moments. And, uh, you know, she she goes to, like, you know, clear her mind, and she steps out in the hallway, and she's walking down the hall, and her feet... Uh, are stomping so hard that they cause a sinkhole in the middle of the hallway. Um, you know, just like all these crazy things. Uh, at one point, she's flying, and um, um, she's flying so fast that she's shattering all the windows. And she goes to land, and she, you know, makes this giant crater in the ground. And someone says something, and she goes to look at him, and she shoots the, um, the, the heat ray out of her eyes. And, you know, she just can't control her powers. So uh, it's very similar to what's happening with Flash. The more she tries to help and do the right thing, the more damage she's actually causing. So it's interesting that these two books are following the same thread right now uh, with their powers. Um, not exactly in the same way, uh, but very similarly. Uh, and it's just kind of interesting the way that they play with that. And of course, this story is called The Girl of No Tomorrow because um, they're playing up the idea that she might, you know, give up being Supergirl, which of course, you know, no, but still uh, playing up with the idea that, uh, you know, she may hang it up because it's too dangerous to be the hero um, than to uh, you know let things play out on their own. So it's it's not as good as Flash, but it's still interesting. And the fact that they both came out in the same week makes it even more interesting. Okay. Another DC book I read was Justice League of America number twelve, I believe it is. Oh, how was it? it not bad. I, I've been jumping in and out of the series. I haven't really kept up with it, but I saw it was going to be the part one of the basically the team search or journey into the microverse to find Ray Palmer. I was like, hey, that's a good jumping on point. So uh, Ryan Choi gets uh, an alert from uh, Ray Palmer in the microverse. So he cuts up this way for the team to go down, to shrink down, because Ryan Choi has, it's like a white dwarf, something or another, in his belt, and that's what helps him uh, shrink down. So he he creates this like sort of vehicle that allows the rest of them to be engulfed in the, that energy to shrink down with him as well. But instead of taking the entire team, uh, the only ones to go to shrink down and go to the microverse are the Adam, Ryan Troy, Batman, 
Killer Frost and Lobo, the Ray, Black Canary, and Vincent stay behind to so that they're still a Justice League of America present to help people because that's all their I guess that's their big thing is helping uh, the community and helping society. Uh, they get down there. They're attacked, of course, by some alien-looking creatures. The creatures, this uh, gentleman comes out of nowhere and takes out the the aliens. And we believe it's Ryan or Ray Palmer, but I mean, it probably is, but we can't tell because the person has like this hooded silhouette going. Yeah. So it kind of just ends there. But uh, Batman, the beginning of the issue, Batman and Lobo do have a discussion about how Batman was able to convince Lobo to come on the team. And it's basically he like offered Lobo something, but we don't know what yet. Maybe the space dolphin since he's a soft spot for them. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Ivan Rice returned to do art on this with, uh, I forget his colorist name. It's like his first and last name started with M's, like Marcelo something. So the issue looks great. The, the microverse is all the different colors of the rainbow you can imagine is very uh, rendered very well. So kudos to them. So that's Justice League of America number 12. Oh, I think they also had a villain from uh, Orlando's Mid- Midnight Run, Forethought. I think Icicle's t- tangling with him in the early, early pages. Yeah, the different members of the team are fighting different people. Uh, I didn't recognize any of the, the villains, but you're saying the one that Killer Frost was fighting is from Midnighter? Yeah, it's a dude he fought, like, fought before uh, he fought, uh, was it? I think the guy who kicked his butt badly, then he reinforced his armor oh, to beat him afterwards. Uh, no, it was Forethought. Yeah, Forethought. The guy oh, okay. who he, he could see a couple seconds in the future, so he was able to counteract Midnighter. So then Midnighter's padded his stuff with some, some DC metal, and the guy broke his hands. He's got Nth metal running, running through his veins. Hey, who I knows? <laughs> ben, ben Drix also some piss people with, 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 with nice toys, so who knows? Alright. Do we have... I guess we still have a lot to go from everyone, I see. No. Nah, check out Detective Comics? <laughs> I'm kind of down to like the bitter few, so you guys go. I mean, it could just be rapid fire point. Actually, let me run through three DC books kind of quick here. Um, go for Lex it. Luthor, Lex Luthor is a thread in all three of these. Um, and funny enough, uh, Superwoman uh, actually has an appearance from Supergirl, who uh, I was just talking about a minute ago. Um, but in Superwoman, um, it's, it's a lot of flashback uh, to what life was like in Smallville. Um, in, the new, in the new rebirth version of DC, we've once again seen some changes to Superman's history because of everything that was going on with uh, New 52 and Mr. Mixapixelic um, and, uh, you know, all of that crazy stuff. <laughs> so this sheds some light on what life was like for Lana and Clark, how they had a, uh, you know, re- brief relationship when they were teenagers. Um, but there was another guy involved in this triangle and he of course has made his reappearance. Um, he has been testing uh, red kryptonite and red kryptonite, um, you know, That's always cool. makes, yeah, it makes him go crazy. Right. So it's like uh, drunk Superman and Superman three almost. Um, <laughs> and so uh, he uses it to infect Superwoman, And of course she starts going uh, nuts. Um, and we see Lex Luthor actually come in because he had at one point given, I guess, uh, some funding or maybe actually the red kryptonite to this guy. Uh, but then he had the change of heart and has become the hero. And so now Lex Luthor is fighting on the side of the heroes trying to get it back and to stop this guy. 
so there's a lot of the history of the super family uh, woven into this whole thing. Superwoman as a series has not been great. Um, in fact, there was a, a stretch there from probably issue, I don't know, six all the way to th- through 12 uh, that it was just in a lull. Um, this has kind of perked it back up again. I actually was considering dropping this book, but this particular issue uh, makes me think I'll stick with it a little bit longer. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, Luther playing the hero is not something that you see a lot, except for a lot of the books that came out this week, apparently, okay. because uh, in Action Comics... Uh, we see Luther again playing the hero. Um, There's a a guy with these mind control uh, microchips and he's using one people to turn him into his army. And the machinist uh, or something, right? Yeah, the machinist. And so uh, Superman finds out that the uh, technology is based off LexCore R&D. So he goes to visit Luther. And so Luther, wanting to be the hero, uh, is going to go out with Superman and help him bring this guy down. And Luther feels responsible because it came from his R&D. The funny thing is, though, uh, Superman is actually the worst written character in this book. Um, on one page, he's angry and going nuts, and then as soon as Lex Luthor says something, he's laughing and he's happy again. Like, it it doesn't... He's, like, acting completely out of character. Uh, he, he's flipping back and forth, and he's drawn as crazy, angry one moment, and then lighthearted, happy the next, and it just it doesn't work. So... Um, except for the parts of Superman's personality that are in the story, it's interesting. Um, but that particular stuff doesn't quite work with him. But it was still, uh, again, following the Luther train, mm-hmm. interesting to see this take uh, on Luther from all these different writers this week, because Luther actually comes up in one more book. Um, and I don't know if you read this one or not, Tim, but Red Hood and the Outlaws 13. No, I'm an issue behind. Oh, I know. Well, I actually... Uh, you know, bought a bunch of these when I was on vacation, and I read them the other day, and I got it all caught up. So now I'm I'm up to speed on Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, Bizarro has been hurt, um, and it looks like he's dying. And so, uh, you know, they don't know what else to do, so they take him to Luther um, to try to get Luther to save him. And of course, Luther he he comes uh, comes at him a, a bit more arrogant than the way he is in the other books. Um, in the other books, you get the idea that you know he really is a hero. This one makes you kind of question it a little bit more, but he's still. Um, is a guy who does the right thing. Uh, in this case, when they bring Bizarro to him, he's like, well, Bizarro's my property. He was made here. I own him, uh, or I own this thing. And, um, you know, Red Hood is like, don't call him a thing. He's a person. He's my friend. You know, you're going to save his life if you claim to be a hero, whatever. And it seems more like Luther's just kind of playing with him. Like, this guy came at me with attitude, so I'm going to give him attitude back. Uh, but really, you know, at, at the core of his being, Luther is still the hero. Um, and so he goes uh, um, deep into his uh, lab and he does the best he can to try to save Bizarro's life. Um, and so we get a lot of back and forth between um, Jason and Artemis while they're talking about their relationships and talking about what it's like for Bizarro to be there. And Jason actually admits that, uh, you know, he's come to really like Bizarro and, and count on him and, uh, um, you know, he, he feels like he can relate to him because of how out of place Bizarro is. Um, and so then finally, Luther, um, through it all, he does this experimental treatment on Bizarro. And it appears like it saves him, but it causes this massive change to Bizarro. And, you know, I don't want to spoil what's going on here, so I'm not going to say what exactly happens. Um, but it is a pretty big change for the status quo of the character. Um, but it also, this book also reminds us that Bizarro here is a clone, and there were several different Bizarros. And we've seen Bizarro before in the DC Universe, and it wasn't this guy. 
Uh, we've seen Bizarro run around with Lex Luthor before. It wasn't this guy. This is a different Bizarro uh, from a different lab, and reminds us that there may still be other Bizarros out there. So, wasn't this uh, like a black market uh, Bizarro? Wasn't made by Luthor Labs at all? Like some some crime lord had him had him made? Yeah, like like yeah. someone. Like, I don't know. I don't remember if they stole the Bizarro, if they stole the technology and built it themselves. But yeah, I think it was, it was Black Mass, right? Who did it? Um, yeah, yeah, that's what he says. So, um, so he they they ran across him, you know, somewhere in their journeys and broke him free, and he became part of the team. But uh, the change at the end of this book is actually a pretty big change for the character, and it's a lot of fun. So, like I said, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I've, I found myself really liking this series. Um, and Isn't I know it's, it's, like Morrison's Bizarro from also Super, Superman, like the the, the what's his name, Zabarro, the one who was like really poetic and emo-ish, or is it something different from that? N- not, no, not exactly. Um, it's it's still different from that. Um, okay. Uh, but I know Tim. I think you were telling me for a long time that I needed to get into the series, and uh, so, damn it, you were right. <laughs> I'm right every so often. Yeah, every once in a while. Don't let it go to your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get up on your level, DC reading. <laughs> but yeah, so again, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Action Comics, uh, and Superwoman all had uh, Lex Luthor playing the hero, and a uh, little bit different, uh, you know, between the different writers. But it was just interesting. Again, just like. Supergirl and Flash were dealing with the same kind of storyline. All three of these books were dealing with Lex Luthor being a big part of the story, being a hero and people, you know, not really trusting him and what's really his motives. And, you know, he does, you know, continue to be a stand-up guy. And it's just kind of weird that this was the week that everything was kind of in some patico with uh, all the different DC books. Who became good first, Luthor or Victor Von Doom? Because I seem like they're pulling the same kind of angle right now. Both former big bads, now they're good guys. It was Lex. It was Lex who became good first? I don't remember. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when when did he get the suit? It was, it was after the whole Dark Side Wars, anti-monitor craft. You got that. Because I think he had a mother box, Dark Side mother box. Yeah, that's right, because they went to Apocalypse. And yeah. uh, that was the armor that was supposed to go for Superman, and he took it for himself. Because yeah. um, uh, all the stuff with uh, um, Dr. D- Infamous Iron Man... Uh, that all happened out of uh, Secret Wars. How long ago was that? Yeah. That was a year, two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. yeah, and Justice League just had twenty issue 26, I think, come out. So oh, it's wow. two so years it's on that one. So. Oh, wow. Or no, wait, it's bi-monthly, isn't it? What, Justice League? Yeah. Is that one of those? It's one of the bi-monthly ones, isn't it? Tom, Justice League? Yeah. <clears throat> it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I must say this. Yeah, because it's on 25 already. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it's a faster one. Okay. So I guess, was Iron Man, well, I mean, that came out of Secret War, but his series didn't start right away, did it? I don't think so. I don't think so. It was after the first Invisible Iron Man series ended. Yeah. It came after uh, the whole Captain Marvel putting Tony in a coma, so you need people to replace him, crap, whatever whatever that happened. The Ulysses prophecy and the big feud between them. Oh, that was uh, uh, Civil War Two. Civil War Two. yeah. Right, yeah. but it, also Doom was already in the book. Kind of helping out Tony before the whole coma. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Lavaria against uh, Madam Mask. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? When they do the new round of Amalgam Comics, those are the two characters they got to bring together. Oh, that'd be so awesome if they had the right creative team that, that could work. Man, are we just deep diving into the '90s comics? We're trying to forget. Well, you don't like Heroes Duck. Reborn and Heroes Return. Next, it's Amalgam. My goodness. You know, like Lobo the Duck or Authorion. <laughs> of, of, of new, new Asgard or some crap like that. Yeah. 
is a new story that, that probably would have come in handy right here um, later on, but we will get to that. All sure. right. All right, fellas, are we in rapid review time now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let me go ahead and start getting into it. But I'm, let me go ahead and do my two uh, DCs since we're here because pretty much mostly everything I have could be rapid Okay. Uh, so still DC, though, Titans number 14. Um, look, I'm tired of – don't – Pizza cannot be blamed for your problems, Tempest. We're not going to have no, no pizza slander here. That's all I'm saying. But, um, so, after the events of last issue, um, they found out that there may be a traitor in the Titans, and Dick's, Dick's uh, like, okay, well, you know, we need to figure out who it is, and it, and it seemed like he was coming after Omen, and Tempest wasn't having none of that because he's in love with her, and but so the graces are like, look, I got this machine over here. Coincidentally, that can scan all our brains, and uh, but it'll take a day to to uh, to do all the processing, um, and we'll find out. We can get down to what's really going on. So, you know, we're on lockdown until we get it settled. But what happens is they order out pizza. The pizza is tainted with um, some kind of Atlantean fish or whatever that Tempest tends to notice. Then the lockdown kind of comes undone, and they go to this pizza place and fight the, uh, the, 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 these three women that are on the cover who just so happen to be uh, kicked out Atlantean magicians um, that Tempest uh, once tutored or mentored or trained or whatever the case may be. When, I hate when that happens. Every time I order pizza, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> and who are also in, in love with them, apparently. So they're trying to kill him, but they were also in love with him for some reason. And Omen didn't know this, and so that was a secret. And this whole issue ends up being about, well, secrets need to come out because it's hurting the team and this and that other. Um, so that's whole, one whole side of it. But then they get back to the part about the, the trying to unmask who the, um, who the potential uh, a traitor is. And um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You know, um, one, Omen goes to see Simon again, who started out this whole ball, and then he pretty much reiterates the same thing he told her in the first place. He's like, yeah, you're just, you're, you, you know, you didn't choose your name for no good reason. You are the Omen that, that pretended something something bad really happening, and this and that and other. The team didn't know she'd gone there, and they got that whole thing, little thing. Then we cut to Dick Grayson mulling over the results of said um, scannings, and guess who turns out to be the uh, traitor? None other than him. And he erases the, the the effect from the um from the from the race. And he's talking to somebody, asking what he can do about the rest of the, the team now that they know something or something's up. And that's where the uh, book ends. So we can't trust Dick now. Well, see, that was another thing because because of the last arc where, and with the um the Judas contract, they were you know. There was that already because Tempest wasn't liking him because of, because of that, and there was still some distrust on the team. And then there was the whole thing with um, Roy liking Donna Troy and Wally and her kissing, and then that was a whole big thing. And so this, this, the whole thing's kind of splintered apart. But yeah, there was still some mistrust from you know from from Dick keeping secrets about that. They're going through the team, so yeah, basically. And, and how does Tempest know what what Atlantean fish cuisine tastes like? He drank that as a kid or something to get high. Like, how does he know how, what it tastes like? His reason was like like spit it out because you wouldn't have known about this because your your human taste buds wouldn't have recognized it. So, yes, at some point maybe he did, you know, in in part of his training. And then one of his secrets come out apparently because he didn't want to, uh, in order for them to like get rid of these three, he had to do matters which he promised not to do because he because um, he lost somebody from it. And whether that comes up to being a thing, we don't know. Is he um, was he was he in the deficit still a couple in continuity? Because I think he 
he married her and got her knocked up? Um, I don't know. Like I said, he, he mentioned something about losing somebody. So no, Dolphin of- died with the whole black ring and Necron stuff. So I wonder if he's, re- if he's referencing that. I think he, she died during that time. Yeah, because they don't say, he doesn't say who, he just says that that, that had happened, and that's why he vowed never to do magic again. So I don't really know. That's like my, my knowledge on that stuff, on, especially on the DC side, is very, very limited. Okay. This this is like a, a story arc from Young Justice. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, and to, to top off my DC list, uh, Justice League Power Rangers number five, which, yeah, this book starts going. Come to find out, though, I didn't realize this. This book kind of comes out every two or three months. Well, yeah, what they it ran behind, it was running late, so they canceled it and oh. then resolicited it once they got caught up in the production of it. So, uh, so it actually took some time off over the summer while the the artists uh, uh, got caught back up. But even then, it wasn't like it was. It was like well, it was supposed know. to be. It was supposed to be a monthly. Um, right. But yeah, but it, they kept slipping and following, falling, and it was like five weeks, and then it was six weeks, and then it was eight weeks, and it was really you know, it was a limited run, so. Yeah, so eventually they just they canceled all the orders and they put it fresh in the catalog and made everybody reorder it again. Hmm. Weird. But this is a penultimate issue. Um they are still on the earth of Angel Grove. They go to see they go to the NATO to try to warn them of the impending uh Lord Zed slash Brainiac uh, takeover of the Earth. And they don't know who Wonder Woman is, Wonder so she gets attacked and then she was like, Well, hold up, hold up and she she squashes all of that. Then the Power Rangers come in with barred gear and tell them what's going on, and then the whole big battle starts because you know they're they look for Lord Zed. Flash finally finds them. He brings up monsters as Lord Zed wants to do, and then Brainiac comes down with a bunch of his people, and the whole big battle starts. Um, meanwhile, back on Brainiac's ship, a couple of the Rangers get their powers back, but Cyborg got hurt in the process. Um, Batman goes to reboot him. Uh, much to the chagrin of Superman, who did not know he could do this, and he even asked, uh, "Like, Cyborg doesn't know you could do this, do you?" And Batman doesn't say anything, and he was like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." Then when when Cyborg comes back, he gets kind of miffed because of the fact that um that uh, Batman could do that, but and but that gets shut down because of the whole big fight that ends up happening. Um, then like the fight keeps on ensuing. They um, Alpha Five got kidnapped by Brainiac, so they're talking and. Alpha Five's kind of schooling Brainiac on, you know, it was like you're not, you know, you're not a good person just because you're trying to steal a product knowledge and you're not learning anything by kidnapping folks and putting them in bottles and not not letting them grow into you and blah 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 this and that and the other. So Alpha gets rescued. Um, they get back down to to the ground. Battles ensuing. As Lord Zed also wants to do, he has this little thing. He starts to throw it um, to make his monster grow. Flash comes by, zip tie, catches it, gives it to Alpha Five who in turn gets attacked and then uses itself and, and attacks um, the monster that's attacking him. And at the end of the, the, the issue is a big battle between Alpha 5 and this, and this monster. Good times. And that's it for the Titan, for, for the DC area. So I guess we are officially in. Now we're in rapid fire. Um, hey, everybody. Because we're rapid firing it now. Yeah, let's roll. Uh, let's see. I have Inhumans Once the Future Kings, number one. I actually read that. I, saw, I forget if it, was, if it was mad two or three on yeah, it. Was, it was one of them, man. <laughs> I like that uh, Phil Noto's art is nice. If you have seen I, I picked it up because of Phil Noto's book. Phil yeah. Noto's art. Yeah. I feel like it was worth it for the art. Yeah. So it's it like a, a bad either. 
it's a tale back in the history of our three primary humans, Black Bolt, Matt Smith, and Medusa. Uh, we get to see the young prince and before he becomes king and Maximus before he turns mad. Uh, Medusa played a bigger role, a bigger role than I had anticipated. Uh, just how she, just how like bold and defiant she was even as a young teen. And someone is going out trying to harm the current king. So it's kind of a mystery as to who that person is and why. And it is ends with... unspoken? That's why I, I wasn't sure if it was the unspoken or not. It seemed like a book of Terragenesis, so I wonder if it is the unspoken. Yeah, it seemed like it was. It seemed like it was. I skimmed the book, so I, uh, I'm i not sure, but it seemed when I was flipping through it, it seemed like that's who that was. And who was like the, the mystery guy that was like wearing regular clothes that took them to Earth? He called like Ron Howard for some, for, for some odd reason. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like hate the book or anything like that, but it was one of those things where I, they, they sent. If whatever your store ordered, they doubled the number they sent you. So we got this big stack of free copies that came in because they really want to, you know, promote the new show and whatever. So I just grabbed one, you know, like, oh, I'll take one of the free ones. Not one of the ones that we pay for. This is one of the free ones I'm taking. Um, but, you know, uh, I, whenever it's it goes back in time and it's like, oh, we're going to tell you this story from the past. This is all set in the past, but it's not. It's not telling you the past to tell you a future story. It's just we're going to fill you in on the details of long ago. Then suddenly I'm less interested, you know, because it's like, okay, well, obviously nobody's in any real mortal danger because we see them in stories later on, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually had more fun with the uh, the backup story with uh, Ben Grimm and Lockjaw playing around um, than the actual main story. I thought the main story was okay, but it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, well, you know, none of this, like, really matters. Nothing's, you know. Nothing incredible is going to happen, so yeah, it just gets there. Unless something, because normally, because it does been a few times, especially recently, where there's a, a quote unquote story from the past that ends up having a tie or something come back in a, in a current run book or something. Like the I think that would like, be the point of the generations titles, hopefully. Uh, there's that. Wouldn't get spoken already in like the the recent Inhumans arc before they go into space. Um, yeah. He was in the yeah, final yeah. arc of Uncanny Inhumans. Yeah. With the Maximus, um, Team Maximus. Yeah, because he married that fish lady to get the, to get Maximus <laughs> that. Uh, oh no! <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, alrighty. Oh, and speaking of generations, generations Jean Grey and Phoenix number one. Our time displaced Jean goes back in time yet again to meet her uh, future past, self. Future past self. That is the current uh, wielder of the Phoenix Force. They uh, get to do some bonding and partying and dancing. And then they go out in space and fight Galactus and Terrats. Yeah, the tamer. And they defeat. She knocks, uh, young Jean Grey knocks, almost knocks uh, Galactus out. That's enough to warrant his, uh, his, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? Not trust, but, um, Respect. So if he decides to let them both live, uh, she, J- young Jean gets thrown back into the future. And so now we have to wonder. And the Phoenix says, you know, I'll see you again, Jean. So, of course, teasing that the Phoenix Force will come for Jean at some point. That's also what she's training for in her solo title right now. 
Yeah, but why would that be a bad thing if the Phoenix gets Jean Grey? Because isn't Jean her perfect host? But then yeah, Jean like, always goes, gets driven crazy by it, right? Uh, yeah. Besides, okay. right now, uh, right now, Thane has the Phoenix power, and he's going to use it to uh, kill Thanos, right? Was it is it in continuity though the whole thing crap because didn't didn't the Phoenix fight Thor in the, in the whole God contest crap that they had? If for those I guess caught up on Thanos, which I'm not. Yeah, lost <laughs> when you start referring to the Thanos series. I'm like, well, I did read Mighty Thor. I was up on it. Referring to, I'm like two issues behind. I think. Yeah, because I think Thane got the power from a Phoenix egg, but but. Does the Phoenix still have an egg? Up? That's, what, that's what threw me off. Wow, you lost me on that one, dude. Yeah, because the big price for Thane was his Phoenix egg, and he cracked it open and got the Phoenix Force out of that. Wow. So that's what's going on in the Thanos book. Okay. And, and Death was kind of stringing Thane along to get to get him to kill his dad. Now Thane is, is, is feeling himself like, I'm too powerful. I'm not listening to you anymore, babe, but I'm going to kill my daddy myself. Wow. Huh. It's good. It's worth reading. Yeah, I like it. All right. Um, anybody else? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Roddy. I only have a few. Yeah, I got only got a couple myself. Uh, Star Wars Rogue One, Cassian, Cassian and K2SO number one. Say that title uh, three times fast. <laughs> so this is the, the meeting of the two set main the characters in this. And it's really kind of cut and dry because you usually in, in a Star Wars story, when you see, you know, the meeting of some folks and it's some sometimes an endearing story of how they're coming in the meeting under certain circumstances. Now this is uh Cassian. Cassian was on a mission with these two other rebel spies. Uh, KT K2SO was pretty much one that ends up, ends up foiling them. And they spend most of the issue trying to reprogram them to get it, to get him, to get him on his facade, which ends up happening. Um, and the two rebel, they, they get the information they want to, because K2SO has that information as opposed to what they originally got there. And so the, so as they got caught up by the empire, um, the two, the two spies who don't, wasn't talking the whole issue pretty much was like, take, take, take the K2SO cause he has the, the uh, info you need and we'll distract these uh, other folks. So we don't ever see them ever again. And then KCN and K2SO go presumably go back to the, the rebel base to uh, download this Imperial code that he has within him. And I guess this is them becoming friends because like they spent pretty much most of the issue at odds, you might say. So that's that. Uh, Quake Champions number one. Hey, uh, they made a comic book off of a video game that and probably gave a little bit more story than the video game ever had. (laughs) Oh, no. That is absolutely true because Quake has never been a a video game that had any kind of story. The the only (laughs) story... I mean, the only story that, that it ever had is what actually comes up in this book, and that was with uh, Quake Arena, uh, where it was uh, like a game show that they were on, you know, destroying each other, trying to win credits or whatever. And so that's... Ooh, like Smash TV? Yeah, that's what that kind of was, but this is not necessarily that. You get it without the, the, the game show card, because, yeah, they are, they are fighting against each other, but it's basically, hey, this Marine's trying to get home because they're fighting something, fighting some... He's been fighting. <laughs> a whole bunch of other people that's all we know and he's trying to get home to his family and he's got all these memories of his family and he realizes that's what he's fighting for and all these other people come after him there's even a rocket jump which is which is really funny because that's a quake staple <laughs> my, my problem was that like if this if this was a one issue like a, a one shot special 
um, then I'd be fine with it. Right. But the the way the issue is set up, it's it's like he's fighting this random guy, and then he has a flashback, and then some other random guy appears, and he fights him, and then this guy starts shouting F-bombs and shooting rockets, and, he's, and then he has a flashback, and then this other guy shows up, and he fights that guy. And, and it's like they threw so much into this first issue that you know, I'm looking at it and, and like he, there's part of it. He goes like through hell or whatever. And he's like, there's these tentacle monster thing that he's fighting. And, you know, it's like by the time you get through to the end, it's like, what, what else is there to, for them to throw at him except to have him well, shoot at I'm more dudes. I'm glad you asked because they have a whole slew of characters from this game that they can do issues on. Yeah. But all of these characters, all they do is just show up and yell at the person and shoot at him. And then they die and they move on. Or they don't, and they have some sort of personal goal that they're working towards, and that's what's going to fuel this whatever. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm with you, but it's, yeah, that's how this book seems like it's going to go. And, and that's because other video game books that doesn't have a whole lot of story that's based off of a, <laughs> a, a I guess, for a first-person shooter or whatever, uh, PvP type of game. Give it to Rucka. He, he does that stuff pretty good. Uh, Greg Rucker, he, he did uh, the crap called that bit evil MMORPG uh, Dragon Age, yeah, the Dragon Age comic comic books, which oh, were, which were pretty uh, decent. Yeah. Well, that probably has a little more story to pull from than Quake. Yeah, that is an RPG, so yeah, that you can get a little bit more out of that one than this, you know. Or I, I would argue, or Overwatch, which there, are, which there is an Overwatch book or a series of Overwatch books, but yeah, you're right, you're about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've been giving those out for free, luckily. So, which I'm like, if they had that, <laughs> it'd probably be worth the read. But, um. Yeah, this is that's what that was, and I don't know if you. Meh. This is gonna this is gonna make you like or dislike that game anymore, especially if you like those kinds of game anyway. So I don't. This feels like more more like the the free pack in comic that they would put in the oversized box when you bought the game back in the nineties. Mm. Uh, it doesn't really feel like it's a story that has a whole lot of legs that people are going to be clamoring after in years to come. Yeah, but Twitch that seems to be a thing that's going on, and like I said, this is not the only video game the to comic book that's out there so yeah not even the only one this week basically yeah because centipede number two also came out this week but I gave oh, it it come, come yeah, yeah and quest also the sword quest is pretty good centipede i read the first issue and i was like no i'm done with this yeah what the that's, that second uh, sword quest book i forgot i totally forgot about that but, but yeah that's been all right so yeah there's that but speaking of uh properties to, to comic books clue number three is a clue comic now too <laughs> it's welcome, a, it's a, welcome to our world. Yeah, no, right? Don't don't give them any more ideas. They probably already had. Um, or Jenga. You know that one. That hey, they were talking about a movie for that. So. Oh lord! <laughs> I mean, they had a movie for Ouija. What do you you know? How how low could you go? Anyway, uh, not this book. I know Dirt. You've been kind of reading this book, but you didn't get to read this one, so I won't. To give too much away, but there's more fourth wall breaking. There's more. There's there may be a not necessarily a swerve, but a, a plot twist that happens, um, and a whole bunch to do about flowers, and not not just Doctor Orchid. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I do have a physical copy sitting here that I plan to get to. Uh, just I, I had forgotten about issue two when it came out, so I've got to. Uh, go back and read number two before I can read three. But actually, I've been getting the uh, character covers that are... Yeah, I got that one. I got the first one, but I didn't get that one. Yeah, uh, yeah and you'll... Yeah, and issue two will start off that whole, like, we'll bring up partially about what 
of flowers, but then we get into what supposedly the flowers are supposed to be, and people are doing things. Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, actually, not last. Uh, Excel number three from Lions Forge. Um, half the book is basically uh, Excel trying to beat Savitar slash Wendigo slash the Demon Whirlwind, whatever the thing was from last issue. Um, this the old man that as you see on the cover was basically helping him, and the the savior of it was pulling some hairs off of them off of it and throwing it in the fire. Um, yeah. That's that. Then the old man has a heart attack. Uh, Excel tries to save him, but he probably erred in his judgment because he was out in the desert and he didn't know where the hospitals are, so he took him to L.A., uh, where the guy passed on, ascended, moved on. We don't know exactly because, you know, it, it basically, as the, as the character says, it's not like he died. It's like he went, was, went home or something like that. So then, you know, he goes back to his normal life where his girlfriend friends with benefit we don't know who she is is uh, at a skate park with him and they're talking and then her dad's um this rich dude who don't want her with him so he's got somebody out there watching them and uh apparently trying to plot and scheme uh, more about that and that's where the book ends yeah immortal iron fists number two oh, um which you probably don't have a cover no, for yeah um, so yeah, this is the comic comicsology originals that snuck out last week or week before last. I think I think it's like every might be every two weeks. I'm not sure. Um, and it's also a limited issue run. So after the events of when was that? 2016, the Immortal Iron Fist that um, Kari Andrews wrote and drew. <laughs> yeah, here we go. That works. Um, this takes place after that. So if you remember anything from that book, there was a young monk named Pei which I thought was Pi, um, came from Kunlun, uh, met up with Danny, and then a whole thing with a, you know, she ends up getting the Iron Fist. So Danny's taking it upon himself to be her mentor, but he's not very good at it because, so he has her in school. She's in high school. Uh, he wants her to act like a normal kid or learn the ways of being a normal kid and don't want her to use her skills, which bumps her out and um, she gets picked on and she's in public school. So there's that whole public school thing. She's, she's going through, which is funny because Danny being, you know, Danny has never went to public school and has been tutored and, you know, pampered and whatnot all of his life, which one another character who I almost called Madame Gao because she kind of looks like Madame Gao, but her name is Madame Yo, uh, who Danny uh, hires to kind of nanny uh, pay. But uh, Madame Yo started telling her, look, you got all this power and you're this and that and the other. You need to actually, like, yeah, I know what Danny told you, but you need to be you. So you know, go out here and do what you think. So she's, so she gets this mask and Pay's kind of, Pay's kind of been uh, beating up the bullies who were beating up her as she's masked. But then there's also this other sub thing where kids are being kidnapped uh, for some unknown reason. And on the other side of this, Danny and the detective from that other series, uh, Lowe, Lower Lee, I think it's Lee, uh, is investigating some weirdness going on in Chinatown that has ends up having to do with some scrolls. And it's almost like 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, where apparently um, there's these 10 scrolls, each one more powerful than the next, that, pe- that somehow some people get um, a hold of and turns them into demons. Like in the first issue, there was this guy that was um, who owned this restaurant and he was turning people into pigs and chopping them up and putting them into food. 
So Danny and the detective get took care of that, figured out what was going on. Now in this one, there's another scroll in um, where people were turning into frogs, and they end up running into Pi out on the street who tries to help him out. But Danny's like, "No, be be a kid, you know, and don't help him out." Which again bums her out because you know she she has things to offer, being from Kunlun and knowing some things about what's going on. But like I said, Danny's not trying to have it. Um, but there, so things end up happening on that front. The 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 like I said, this the the issues all right, and I'm not sure where this is going. And it's only like what I think it's probably only six, five or six issues, so it's going to come to a head at some point. Um, and there's some big evil that they're trying to circumvent by trying to find all these scrolls before before this person ends up. I'm thinking that might have something to do with this Madame Yao person, Yo person, strangely enough, but we don't know that yet. And um, yeah, that's basically the gist of what's going on so far. And that's it for me. Okay. All right, for the sake of time, oh, you got some, Dave? Just, Dave a couple. Just a couple, because Tim already took care of Generations Phoenix and Jean Grey. Um, Defenders, number four. Hey, Bendis tied this into the Spider-Man book. And Ms. Marvel, number 21. Um, even as a story that continues several threads, it is remarkably new reader-friendly, because uh, G. Willow Wilson does a good job of filling in knowledge gaps for the reader. And that's rapid fire for me. <laughs> well, that was rapid fire. Nice. Uh, let's see here. All right, WWE SummerSlam 2017. Oh, yeah! And mm. actually, Macho Man's in this, so that fits. Um, but this is actually kind of disappointing uh, with the way the uh, WWE series has been going. It's been all about um, filling in backstory and giving you behind-the-scenes stuff, and this really doesn't live up to that. You've got um, the story of Macho King versus uh, Dusty Rhodes at SummerSlam, but it's really all about these fans, and one of the fans is a fan of Macho King, but he eventually comes around to the good side of... Uh, of Dusty Rhodes, because uh, he's he represents the common man. <laughs> and, um, you get a recap of the feud between Mankind and Undertaker, which culminates in the swerve where Paul Bearer turns against Undertaker uh, to side with Mankind. And it just it just recaps the story, really. So there's no... You don't really get a whole lot of new information or anything like that. Um, it, it's just kind of there to remind you of the better storylines that they used to have back in the day, uh, as opposed to what's on TV now. Um, and then there's a continuation of the ongoing story with the New Day. So you get a couple pages of that. So honestly, there's really not a whole lot to it. And the fact that they charge so much more because it's a special, uh, it's really um, really kind of painful, actually. Uh, not recommended. Uh, and then the last thing I've got here is Old Man Logan 27. Um, basically, the maestro has reappeared, and he's got a whole bunch of his hulks, and they're chasing down Logan. And basically, the maestro wants to set off World War Three on Earth to destroy all the humans, so it's easier for him to take over um, and not uh, not have Logan interfere with you know the way he does in the alternate timeline. Um, but you find out that this Maestro may not actually be the same Maestro. It might be him from from an earlier period in time, but it might actually not. Uh, and we say earlier period in time, but earlier period of time in the future and in an alternate history. Um, but all these Hulks are actually Hulks from different timelines and different periods in history so basically he's apparently been traveling around wherever he came from uh going to different uh timelines different parallel universes different eras and grabbing these hulk offsprings and rebuilding his army uh and so that's who uh logan is facing uh the one thing though is at the end logan is reunited with hawkeye and if you remember the original story from mark millar way back when uh when the old man logan thing first started it was all about logan and hawkeye uh, in this desolate wasteland world in the future. So uh, it's the, the old team is getting back together, uh, even though Logan's getting way too old for this 
<laughs> but anyway, it's still an interesting read. It's a lot of fun. I've been surprised that uh, Ed Brisson's been able to keep the story interesting. Um, you know, I thought for sure after Jeff Lemire left, I would lose all interest in this, but I have not. So that's a credit to him. Uh, and that is all I got for this week. Clicks of the week. Clicks Click of the, the week. week. Here are the. Oh, that's it. Done. There it is. Pretty much. Number one. <sighs> I had a good time reading Amazing Spider-Man number 31, and it would have been my click of the week, but I'm going to side with PCN underscore dirt on this one. Mr. Miracle number one. It was uh, pretty effective at setting up a very good story, I think. We're three for three. Oh, that's you too, huh? Yeah. Uh, Y'all would do this to me. Um, <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Secret, secret words kind of good. You know what? Screw it. Um, I will. I will go ahead and and uh, echo all of that because Mister Miracle was good and weird. Shout out to Secret Warriors, but yeah, we'll we'll let that ride. Clean sweep. There you go. It might be the first. King. I can remember last time we swept. If Vision. ever. Vision. Yes, Sonic Vision. Tom <laughs> King. There you go. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, well that said, time for me yep. to make my exit. Yep. You got anything you want to want to holler out about before you roll? Um, I'm working on an interview for something for a site. Hopefully, by next week it'll be ready. Should be fun. So, stay on the lookout for that. Sounds good. Alrighty. All right. All right. And on that note, I'm pulling up an ad now for. Busted Tees. This episode of the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture. All that and more are on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And as we go into the cinematic news, which I have didn't, did not get a chance to finish clicking on, but we're going to run this down just like this, like we normally do. That ain't what I was trying to do. And we also oh, got the rapid fire tip too, because we've been on this for a while. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, actually, there was a um, shout out to um, Matt Wayne ninety seven who showed up in the YouTube chat, and also Zoned Out Media who had a comment that um, I, we may bring up in a minute. I'm not sure because that's a was wasn't really talking about anything about that. But nevertheless, um, Agents of Shield: The Cree may return for season five. And actually, also on that note, um, oh yeah, so two other, I'll go ahead and cap these other two off together since we're at it. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast a major mystery character for a season five. Uh, actor Jeff Ward is coming on board. We don't know as what at this point, but um, yeah, there you go. Well, uh, dude who plays Coulson, which, whose name's it for some reason, I'm beginning to say he's going to knock yourself off, but yes. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to return much sooner than expected. So we were thinking it was going to be January of next year. As it turns out, it's going to be sooner. <laughs> sooner? Because, I mean, it makes sense because um, Inhumans is about to start in September, and it's, I think it's only eight uh, episodes. Okay, Doug, we see you. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but you're you're broadcasting your screen showing the chat window. Oh, Emma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we see we see PCN underscore doubly. Well, shit. Thank you. There we go. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes. So, like, I, I, I was really confused because I saw my screen on the screen, <laughs> but I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not my screen. That is my screen, but that's not my desktop. Like, I don't understand." Well, it's not the first time I've done that lately, so I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Marvel's uh, Loeb responds to Inhumans' criticism. So Jeff Loeb is pushing back against early criticism that the upcoming Inhumans show doesn't measure up to the quality of the company's previous dramas. Um, he's saying it's uh, subtle. Oh, is that another word for sucky? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know, and uh, you know, corporate line, all that good mess. Black right. Bolt speak at all in the Inhumans, which. Probably should have been a surprise, but you would think you, there would have been that one word where he just kills. Or he blows stuff up, right? Yeah, you know. Which? Wait a minute. No, or yes, or get back. Stop. Or yeah, exactly. Well, we do. That's weird because the trailer. I think we do see him some some display of his power, but that doesn't necessarily mean he speaks. Speaks. So sure. And I think the actor says something like, "Yeah, it was a challenge," so he had to go to a, a sign language person to kind of cope with that, or you know, something around that. I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, next up, Sam Jackson is confident he can play Nick Fury with two eyes in Captain Marvel. <laughs> because, you I was, know, yeah, but I thought it was too funny not to. He might just channel jewels from Walt Fiction. Who knows? All right, or Frozone for that or something. I don't know. Where is my super suit? All right. Which I just, which just watched that recently. This movie's still great. Ben Browder uh, got that. Ben Browder got that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 cameo because James Gunn loves Farscape. And who doesn't love Farscape? I've never seen it, so I can't say that. All right. Uh, James Gunn also shared who David Bowie would have played in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Who was that going to be? Um, a member of Yondu's original crew. It would have been a great fit. Okay. He would have been uh, OG Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. All right. It's not like, you know, Bowie's never done any acting before and played a strange uh, character. That would have been that would have been interesting. Yep. Could he have been Taserface? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. Oh man, that movie. Uh, James Gunn. Oh well, so, well, I guess we got to wrap all these up together. But that's fine. Uh, James Gunn going ongoing full circle with Guardians Three. So he's already writing Guardians Three, and he that's goes through here. Yeah, going through his writing process uh, for that in this article. Right. And speaking of Guardians Volume 2, which is out on digital now and will be out later in a few weeks on uh, hard copy, um, the magnificent <laughs> Microsoft Zoom steals a certain deleted scene. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what that is. I enjoyed it when that came up. It was like, okay, I wanted to... That was the scene I was talking about, Dirt, when I said you'd appreciate that about the Zoom. The Zoom scene? Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's funny because um, I just like to buy obscure like useless tech. So I had actually looked at Zooms on eBay a while ago. Who was it? And uh, right after the movie, I was like, you know, I wonder, like I saw it on Friday morning. So Friday, you know, in the afternoon, I decided to go and uh, check eBay. And sure enough, prices on Zooms had all gone up. (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing also. Yeah. So, yeah. And even when they stopped making Zoom, I went to go look for one. I was like, you know what? This could, uh, yeah, actually, whenever anything gets discontinued and clearanced, I'm like, Ooh, now I got to have one. (laughs) Yeah. I did that with Minidisc, and that didn't happen either. Um, but yeah, moving right along. Thanks to Japan, we we have a spectacular Spider-Man Homecoming pa- uh, poster. So uh, Homecoming just came out in Japan, and uh, 
Here we have a nice poster made by the illustrator of One Punch Man, if you know the anime and the manga. Excuse me, actually, excuse me, the illustrator for the manga, uh, specifically. But if you know the anime, and therefore the manga that was drawn on, there you go. All right. Um, (laughs) In uh, Marvel's new Spider-Man animated series, uh, his uh, Spider-Sense is on display, as opposed to not existing, or at least not being displayed in the Homecoming movie. Indeed. Yep. And... Guess what? And for you, Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool fans, mm. Rob Liefeld draws Deadpool Tools Domino, aka Zazzy Beats, and uh, they're his. Speaking story. of, yeah, I was about to say. Speaking of, uh, uh, you know, the, the image actually didn't seem like very Liefeldy. <laughs> I hate to say, like a uh, Roddy Cat has put it up on the screen. When I saw it, I was like, that doesn't look like a Liefeld drawing, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was a, a a good rendition. But speaking of this movie, uh, Cable. Um, uh, AKA uh, uh, played by Josh Brolin, that is, um, made his uh, first appearance online in two photos. Yep. Here's one up on the screen right now. Actually, here's both of them. Right. Uh, where's the shoulder pads? This doesn't work. I'm not Somebody, I saw people Photoshop them in. <laughs> They're not oh, going Twitter feed. I'm sorry. That's funny. Um, well, and also in other Deadpool 2 news. Um, well, crap. Hey, guys. I'm Anthony Bresnikan, senior writer. Oh, weekly, and we are rolling. Ooh. Hi, Andrew Zantikan. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Why are you invading our show? I hate auto-playing videos, and I hate the sites that do that. Anyway, um, Cable's set picture uh, possibly fuels a Hope Summers theory. Um, so we see here in this picture that does look like Cable when he had Hope, and he's got the cape and shotgun and all. At least I think that's him. Yeah. Oh, that's a wire stunt. Stunt the bumper, so that's not no, but the big thing is that he's packing a teddy bear in that one of those two original uh, photos that you had up on the screen. So that uh, is leading to speculation that Hope Summers may appear in this movie. Right. And also, speaking of um, teddy bears, there's also another set picture that um, Cable is holding a, a uh, it's not life-size, but a big doll of um, Deadpool in one of his pictures. And, and apparently he's uh, gunned up. Not Deadpool, but Josh Brolin. In this picture, weird, and um, also there's a picture of the from Ryan Winnows of the Vancouver Police Department for some reason because I guess they were on hand providing security. Next, so the Fantastic Four comic was reportedly canceled over movie rights dispute, and believe it or not, we all suspected this. And you know, even though Marvel uh, poo pooed all the fan theories, none other than Jonathan Hickman, uh, one of the last writers of the uh, Fantastic Four series, came out and said, "Yeah, that's what happened." So I think I'm going to take Hickman's word for it. I mean, yeah, he would be in the know on that stuff, on that stuff, and he also doesn't work for Marvel anymore, so he has nothing from them (laughs) saying anything about. I'm saying that. So, more than likely, what we all thought was probably the case is probably the case. Uh, Charlie Cox wants Black Widow to be on Daredevil because, hey, guess what? It was in canon. So, why not? Yeah. Speaking of uh, Netflix and the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, 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 in the movie theaters, Jeremy Renner is interested in Hawkeye as a Netflix series, but says it's not currently on the table. Oh, goddamn. I'm freaking playing freaking freaking. Yeah, we may have to phase out <laughs> going to these uh, web pages. Well, I'll try to get to that earlier so that so that won't um that won't be a problem. But guess what? In bigger Netflix news, Disney announces plans to launch new streaming service just like other people are launching streaming services this one. Um oh, and guess what? All of the Marvel stuff with the exception of the Netflix um 
uh, shows are leaving Netflix because of this. So yeah, um, it doesn't say when this is coming, but we but it's twenty nineteen. 2019, so, yeah, sure. so there's another year or so of uh, Marvel and Disney content that's probably going to hit Netflix, but it'll all come off uh, rather quickly. Um, if you're on Netflix now, it, it is kind of surprising to see so many recent uh, Disney uh, movies, uh, live action and animated, uh, populating the uh, the new uh, you know the tray for uh, the new stuff in uh, the Netflix screen. So yeah, um, also okay, while it lasts, yeah, you know they uh, Disney also bought a stake in BAM Tech, the company behind uh, Major League Streaming, Major League Baseball Streaming, so I guess they're serious about what they're trying to do. Um, All right, so the Flash, Flashpoint movies, rumored to include Wonder Woman's Gal Gadot. They likened it to to Tony Stark being in um, being all over the MCU, which... So she'll be the connective tissue, okay. That's what it's sounding like, but hey, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Kersey uh, Clemens, not involved in Justice League reshoots, seizes, uh, teases sick introduction for Iris West. Okay. okay. So the Justice League, the New Frontier film, uh, animated film, gets a special edition reissue. Nice. Yep. Um, release date hasn't been announced, but yeah, there, it's going to be a whole thing. So that movie wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Adam West's final Batman project, Batman vs. Two-Face, lands release date. Uh, it will arrive on August 17th on Blu-ray and DVD, and it features Adam West as Batman and William Shatner as Two-Face. Okay. Uh, the Shazam director teased a Superman fight in the movie with a joke script page. Okay. Uh-huh. Moving on. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank you, President Bartlett. (laughs) Speaking of joke news, um, Suicide Squad 2 loses director uh, Jean-Colette Serra to Disney's Jungle Cruise. Actually, it's not a joke, but that actually happened. Yikes. But, um, yeah. So now they've got to find a new uh, director. Legends of Tomorrow cast Watticus Actor as Julius Caesar. Okay. not, Not the first time they've done that. So this is kind of funny that they, you know, keep going with that. Uh, let's see. Arrow EP says season seven is already in development, but and they're already working on season six. So go, you know. All right. Uh, Arrow adds a Black Panther actress for season six. Uh, Sadell Noel is joining the cast of Arrow, uh, playing an FBI agent named Samando Watson. Which kind of weirdly reminds me of Stargate for some reason, but that's you know, sure. Uh, Smallville star stops Clark, stopped. Clark Kent from donning Superman costume in series. We are talking about no, no other than Tom Welling from the Smallville series, who basically said that um, you know they. I know it may, it, it kind of came off to me to sound like he didn't never wanted to wear the suit, and that's why that never happened except for that last, except for uh, at the end of the I think the very last episode, which, and that was CG. But that's not necessarily what he's saying. So he's basically saying they would have cheapened it if they had done it any earlier, and blah blah blah. Yeah, Kishmakiti. All right. Uh, just published the other day, the Last Jedi movie rules the galaxy is the cover for Entertainment Weekly's fall movie preview. So these images were all over the internet, causing lots of speculation. Mm-hmm. But we still have to wait till December to find out what they all mean, unless, yeah. Billy D. Williams gives simple, perfect advice to Donald Glover about playing Lando, and that advice is just be charming. All right, that's good. Um, 
Star Wars Rebels writer walks back a claim that beloved fan theory is happening. Now, what this fan theory is? Um, so there is a character on Star Wars Rebels, Rebels and the Clone Wars named Captain Rex. He was one of the, the leading clones of the army. Uh, he ended up surviving Order 66 and, um, and uh, going, being, going to be a nomad. He ends up in Rebels, helping out the Rebels. And the, the theory is, which is a long-standing one, that he ends up being the old uh, rebel that shows up in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi at the Battle of Endor. If you remember the old gray mm-hmm. hair uh, rebel dude, they're saying that that might be him now. Okay. Since there was some stuff that got wiped out when uh, Disney took over for the uh, t- t- took over the, the canon, this has kind of been something that said that could could have happened, but apparently this artist kind of put it out there, but kind of walked it back. All right, suggesting that that could very well be the case, but he may have given up something that was you know before it was time to. Uh, Klingon head ridges will finally be explained on Star Trek Discovery with science. Uh, okay, I'm waiting with bated breath. Uh, next on the news list is Mike Mignola hopes for a Hellboy cinematic universe. As our resident Hellboy fan, PCN underscore Dirt, what do you think about this? Woohoo! Sounds good. And speaking of Hellboy, which actually, and also in this article, we find out the name of the next movie, which is called The Rise of the... Well, I just think we may have already known this. Rise of the Blood Queen, which actually, yeah, that, that came out this week, of the name of it. But also in said news of this, uh, Rod Perlman is not interested in Hellboy Rise of the Blood Queen cameo. PCN underscore, what do you feel about... How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, that's his choice, whatever. All right. I believe his words are when Hellboy freezes over when asked on Twitter, it sounds like. Oh. I think it's just one of those things where he moved on and he doesn't want to be like the guy who keeps coming back to the property, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, his time is over, it's time for someone new, and he's just going to let them, you know, right. and he, have it. Like he, he's in his head like he would do the, the next movie if it came to it, but he would be doing it for the fans, and he was kind of tired of being in, in the, the makeup in a suit anyway, you know, by his own words. I uh, believe so. You know, hey, the time has come. But also, last but not least, in Hellboy news, at least I think of it is, uh, Hellboy reboots eyes Mila jo- Jovovich for the villain. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Wait, That's hold on. We have one for this. We have one for this. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, sure. That works. Um, I, that, which is kind of funny. It's like, okay, now they could cross it over with Resident Evil. It's just a Bring it on over. Uh, <laughs> Carl Urban in talks to join Judge Dredd live action TV show. And some people were like, sure, let that happen. I would, I would watch that. So I, I think people are supporters of that. But yeah. Yeah. I've I love heard- that movie. I actually, I actually bought that on 3D Blu ray. That's one of the few 3Ds I have. Wow. Uh, Carl Urban being a slight chameleon in, in cases because he's also playing Bones. And actually, this was at the Star Trek convention this past weekend that they that he mentioned it. And he plays Scourge, the Executioner, in Thor Ragnarok. So he's making his rounds. Yeah. Um, next up, where are we? Um, actually, I want to make sure that's that's where we are. Yep, that's where we are. Second page. New spillover. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, you got the touch. An animated Transformers movie is on the way. So, Thank God. <laughs> so yes, that the Bumblebee movie is still going on and still going to be live action. But there has also been confirmed that a new animated film is in development. Um, it was uh, rumored last week by Transformers World uh, that Hasbro was doing this. Uh, no other news about it. Okay. 
Uh, Boom Studios and oh, Stranger Things will be a part of the cinematic universe, of course. Okay, yeah. so it's tied in. Sure. Oh, boo! Right. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a quick no from uh, PC and underscore Dirt upon hearing that news. Indeed. All right, moving on. Uh, Boom Studios and Stranger Things director are adapting James Wan's comic *Malignant Man* for TV uh, film. Uh, film. Okay, film. Feature film. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. It doesn't matter because neither one of us knows it. But yeah, it's going to be out there in some some form. Okay. James Wan. James Wan. Yeah, he's yeah. a director. Uh, and I guess he did that comic, Malignant Man. He directed, He's a director of uh, horror films. He also directed, uh, I think, Furious 7. I, I see. Okay, well, because the, the writer is Michael Allen Nelson, the guy who did the uh, 28 Days Later comic. Mm. Um, he worked on... Um, James Wan co-created the book. So he probably said, hey, I've got an idea for a story. This is the character. Go write it. Um, and he's also producing this film, and they're going to do the story of um, what the book was about. Wait, did he also do... Um, did James Wan also do... Or that's Justin Land. Never mind. Sorry. Move right along. I was about to say Star Trek Beyond, but that's not... That was not him. Uh, Netflix acquires Mark Millar's Millar World. Right. Uh, it was uh, a counter-strike to uh, the news that we mentioned earlier. Yes. Uh, I guess worth noting... Um, Kingsman and Kick-Ass have separate deals, so they are not a part of said deal. Uh, speaking of Kingsman news, actually, I'll go ahead and throw this in here. Uh, new Kingsman, the Golden Circle footage showcases culture clashes and physical ones. I'm slightly looking forward to this movie. Like, I probably won't see it in the, in the, the, the movies, but I enjoyed the first one, having just seen it fairly recently. It was fun and dumb. So. Okay. Next. So an image that popped up, I believe, today was uh, the Justice League movie will introduce a new Batplane and uh, holy aeronautics, Batman. It's a big plane called the Flying Fox. And, mm. uh, you know, I guess, you know, if, if Batman's going to have an AC-130 or a C-130 Hercules, there it is. Or, or a helicarrier, though, someone yeah. might possibly say. And actually, there's some news about that that came from earlier this week that we'll get to in a minute uh, before this came out. Black Lightning TV show has cast its major villain, uh, Tobias Whale, which I think that has been rumored already anyway. Uh, is going to be, I guess that's his kingpin. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, there you go. Actually, excuse me. I, well, I guess that's his tombstone. Let's go. Yeah. Slash kingpin. But whatever. Same difference. Um, last but not least in the cinematic news. Go away, Sony. <laughs> Riz Ahmad in early talks to join uh, you know what News Rama, you're just going to act up and that's fine Sony's Venom yeah he's going to join Sony's Venom as what we don't know could be Kedis Cavity could you know sure and that's it for cinematic news let us push on to whoops back to the first page um, to comic book news and we, get, we start off with Toy Corner Lego announces old school Voltron set and I figured Dirk might like this one Actually, I was really excited till I realized that that is real, actual licensed Lego, which means it'll probably be about nine thousand dollars for that set. Yeah, what's what's funny about that is just very quickly is that I'm not that big into Lego, but I've bought Lego for uh, you know for uh, uh, family members, uh, children, and you know if you get the Marvel stuff, the DC stuff, it's a little pricier. But then when you think about how many Legos it's going to take to build this sucker, that's going to be expensive. It's going to be a couple hundred dollars at the very least. Mm. Lego Maniacs, go. Uh, next up, speaking of the Flying Fox, um, there's a toy that um, DC put out uh, a couple of pictures of for the said Flying Fox vehicle that will probably show up in Justice League. Um, by Made by what? Hot Wheels and... Well, made by Mattel. Yeah, Mattel for DC stuff, yeah. yeah. 
And as you can see, whee, there it is. Oh, gosh. And it opens up and it's got Hot Wheels uh, cars in it of the DC variety. So, sure. That's something if you're, if you're into that. Next up. Uh, LeVar Burton is going to voice Jordy LaForge in Star Trek Online. <coughs> that makes me want to get online right now. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so Star Trek Online is the MMO based in the Star Trek uh, universe. It basically takes up from, you might as well say, the, the 2009 movie, because I think this is after the split, and I can't remember if it's Prime Timeline or Kelvin, but it, it kind of mixes some stuff. Like, it, 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 it acknowledges the fact... I think it is Prime Timeline, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to say, it's, it's the... Um... The original timeline. Yeah. Um, because they do acknowledge the fact that, you know, uh, they do that uh, Vulcan was exploded and also Romulus and all that kind of good mess. Um, they had, so, and notably, like Leonard Nimoy and I believe uh, Michael Dorn and uh, Chase Masterson, a few other people from the Star Trek universe has have played voice. Um, um, the voice girl from R, yeah, also has been playing parts. This is kind of weird because I think. I got sworn that George's character will be dead in this timeline. Given those, I don't remember. I don't know. It's it's like twenty four oh nine, and I'm not sure if that falls in. I th- I know it falls sometime after uh, Next Generation, but I don't know. But regardless, he um that's going to be coming uh, September twelfth in the next um they call it episodes uh, in the season. Excuse me. So that I'll be and I'm still in that game, so that's that'll be cool to kind of check out. Anyway, uh, there's going to be a new Star Trek Discovery tie-in comic uh, to the TV show. I mean, because there are bunches of other Star Trek comics, so why not? Um, the Void is building a Star Wars virtual reality adventure. Um, it's called Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. Uh, it will be in both Disneyland and Disney World and coming at some point from the ILMX Labs. Next. Okay. And in non-canon news, there was almost a Star Wars comic about Sith Leia and Luke in love. So this almost happened under the uh, direction of the Dark Horse uh, uh, creators when they were in charge of the comic book license. But Lucas put the kibosh on that, sounds like, and the writer was rather ticked, according to this article. Uh, Next up, uh, let me make sure that's actually it. Yes, DC is launching a new digital comic based on the Batman and Harley Quinn uh, animated movie, which is out already, I think. Okay. Regardless. But yeah. Uh, the Green Lanterns in the comic books just introduced the first ever Kryptonian Green Lantern. Which, granted, was last week, but we never we didn't get around to talking about that. So. Okay. Uh, Neela Magruder. Uh, Neela Magruder's award winning MFK comes to Insight Comics. Uh, Neela Magruder is, can be considered, is actually probably technically considered the first woman to, uh, first woman of color, black woman or otherwise, I guess, to write uh, a book for Marvel, for Marvel Comics. I know Rexon Gay has been given that honor because she was writing uh, World of Wakanda, uh, but her book came before and it was a digital comic, so iffy, iffy, iffy. But like she's her own uh, thing is coming out. It was uh, a webcomic in 2012. It had a nice following. It will come to shows September 26th for 128 pages so go check that out if you are if you know of a work dc writers workshop class of 2017 has has been announced so the members of the 2017 class are sonia anwar of 1001 i guess these are i guess uh these creators uh these are their uh their their most recent or recognized works yeah okay 
This is weird because I was like, I've always wondered how this works. I thought it was a thing for like people who weren't already interested. interested and all these people are. Now, maybe there's some people that aren't. And I know they also have the, the, the artist workshop right. uh, to go along with this. But like, I would be curious to see how to get into this thing if there's a way to do that. Anyway, congrats to all of them. So I get their works will be coming out in the DC New, New Talent Showcase in November. And last but not least. Yes. Um, so do you like King Kong? Do you like Planet of the Apes? Well, guess what? There's going to be a tie-in uh, comic miniseries with both of the two. There's some thinly, uh, th- uh, thinly created logic right there. It's pretty thin. Well, I mean, you know, there's not the first time there's been thinly created logic for yeah. And that is the news. Um, All right. I was about to say, in the interest of brevity, um, I'm just going to uh, show very quickly the uh, the Simonson uh, uh, artist edition that I got real quick. This is just a cover. It is the second artist edition from uh, Simonson's Thor run. It's the return of Beta Ray Bill. Um, this thing is huge. It is awesome. Um, we did have uh, preview copies of this, but it still pales in comparison to the actual full-size reproduced art, and if I could just find an awesome splash page, I would totally, oh yeah, open to this, in uh, to Thor's fight against uh, Jormungandr, um, you know, masterfully drawn by, uh, by Walt Simonson. So, this is uh, one cool thing that I picked up this week. Hmm. Finally came in. And Radhika, uh, you have something? I did, uh, real quick. And actually, I want to shout out uh, to the YouTube chat, because apparently uh, our friend of the show, Matt Wang, and a Zone.media was having a conversation about Disney, which I meant to bring up earlier with the Disney Netflix stuff um, about, well, about um, what Disney would be doing with um, outsourcing art and all kind of stuff looks like. And uh, it was in, looks to be an interesting conversation. But anyway, uh, and I forgot to mention that a little earlier, so my apologies on that. Uh, but yeah, so first we have Darkwing Duck Pop that I just bought from the show. Cool. Almost bought, almost bought Nega Duck, but... Um, I opted uh, not to, but maybe next week. And then, real briefly, uh, we didn't talk about this on the show, but Geek Fuel, which but we talked about out of the scenes, there's this uh, Geek Fuel, which is a new box that's been that's coming out. Um, this is the first box from it. Um, I don't know the the website information, but this is me briefly opening this real quick. Um, so we got this comes in a nice little opening. You got this. Well, got this Spider Man Geek issue book with looks like a uh, catalog apparently uh, let's see you also have this bear cooler which looks like a cozy based on Donkey Kong Country okay let's say yes uh, you also have this Street Fighter kid robot vinyl figure that's Ken um, there's a whole bunch of those in the back there there is a t-shirt uh, uh. There, which looks like oh joy, Firefly, oh, which is a uh, you see the picture of the Serenity there, so that's cool. Um, let's see, nothing around but the you have this <laughs> this Thundercats pin. Uh, I guess that's that's uh, Panther as a Thunder Tank. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, and uh, apparently there's more of them you can get, and it's got a weird. Other class position. Um, also, you have, ooh, well, you have a um, 
a Steam card for a game called Steam Roll, a steampunk adventure that they that they give you. So I guess it's a free game that you get off of Steam. You put this into Steam and you get whatever game this is. I've never heard of this game, so I don't know what this is. Um, and then you just got you know this little pamphlet of what was it, what was in the box. So that is the Geek Field box. Um, there was an offer where you could have gotten it for free with a uh, with uh, shipping with well, having to pay for shipping. So thanks to, to Dirt letting us know about it. Well, thanks to CNET also Dirt for letting us know about that. Uh, figured to jump on that and then kill it real quick just to kind of show it off. But that brings us to the end of our show. We would like to thank everyone for coming one out. One last ad. One last ad, real quick. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Go for it. Let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod, and MP3 headphones. And now for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to CSPN.us. That's CSPN.us. Then clicking on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping skull candy audio through cspn.us do it today thank you john mishita um now we can end this show off on a proper note we'd like to thank everybody for coming out we'd like to thank uh Victor Vine gloom for for chilling with us during the, the comic review stuff yay and also tim for coming through like he normally does thank you matt wang and zoned out uh, media for keeping the chat warm and also uh, being out there on twitter also you can find us individually. You can find Tim Dog ninety eight pretty much everywhere where there's some writing to be done. He is out there doing that work. But you can also find him on Twitter at Tim Dog ninety eight. That's Tim Dog with two G's because you know you got to have that. But, um, you can also find him at the Click Nation Twitter account, also at CB Cron Twitter account, also at theclicknation.com. And again, like I said, CBR Nerdist, all the other places he's writing. Go go check out his work. Go click on his stuff. Do it. Um, agent underscore 70. You can find him at agent underscore 70, 70 at on Twitter. You can also find him on Instagram at that same name. Go check him out as he does his goodness every seem like every other day. <laughs> He's posting a new pictures and stuff. And also PCN underscore dirt with the sweet Tron hat. You know, we gotta get, we gotta get a boom. Yeah. So we, we gotta get a close up of that. So. There you go. Both of us being lovers of Tron. This is the joint's nice. Love it. Um, you can find him at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. You can also find him at popculturenet on Twitter and popculturenetwork.com. Go find go over there, find all the good podcasts and other goodness over there. You can find myself right at cat. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Graham Comic Reviews. You can also find him at on Instagram. I, I didn't forget you. I didn't forget you. Yeah, well, you know, it's it happens. <laughs> you, get over, you know, the mind starts to slip. <laughs> yeah, that, that is more true than you know. Um, but you can also find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter and uh, CB Caps, my uh, comic panel posting Instagram page. Hopefully, also <laughs> that I'm assuming to rebuild after mishap, but more on that probably later on. Um, you can also find the show at CSPN.us. And also every and also the clicknation.com. You can find us pretty much everywhere podcasts are made and put out. Well, not made, but put out. You know, so go there, go check us out, and also go check out CSPN for other fine podcasts. Um, some current and forthcoming. You can also go to CSPN.us and get some wears like this sweet t shirt that I have right now. 
um, Tumblr Chronicles on it, and you know other CSPN properties. You can get their logos on it and support us, you know, and support the CSPN because good folks good doing good things over there. And with that, we come to the end of the Tumblr Chronicles for this week. We will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, this is the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles, and we are out. Peace. You got the outro. No place. <laughs> family around you, you're never alone. Well, yes. <laughs>